G'day everyone. Proud to say Bar Karate is brought to you by Radix Nutrition, makers of the most technically comprehensive nutrition products that have ever existed. Unlock your potential with Radix. G'day listeners, welcome to Barkarati the Sailing Podcast. My name's Jordan Spencer and it's that time of the week where I get to hang out with some really cool sailors, but of course I have to share the mic with my two idiot mates. So first off, let's welcome Mr Brett Perry. Greetings, exalted one. BP. G'day all, how's everyone going? Yeah, good mate, good to see you. Yeah, um, yeah, just busy, busy. busy. It's Happy busy. days. <laughs> it's busy. Always busy. Uh, no sailing, but um, just getting uh, getting things organized so uh, that's basically where i'm at today well let's bring the other bloke in we can talk about all this stuff that you two are up to he had a voice that could make a wolverine purr mr nick boss hey aura bros um (laughs) shit how's the 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 crap we spoke about last week re rugby yeah having get absolutely belted and then yesterday i went to watch the rugby Mm. um in quite a quite a Quite good, good area, let's yeah. say, on a toilet, two hundred foot power boat. Anyway, um, surrounded by the Kiwis, mm. I did wear a black t shirt just in oh. case because I knew, <laughs> I knew I had to leg stretch it across through the viaduct later in the day. So, um, and it's not as I have a Wallabies jersey itself, but I'll send you one. I over. was kind of like that that token little Aussie, I'll send the token Bazza in the token yeah. Bazza in the back corner. So okay. when we'd score a try, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> no, Aussie. Am I going to go out live? Oh, I love it. <laughs> and yeah, then we go rolling in the end and everyone's happy. For our international listeners, obviously, the Bledisloe Cup, Australia v. Um, the All Blacks. The K ones, yeah. Union, rugby Union. Mm-hmm. Classic. But um, classic. And it, so in saying that, yeah, in uh, NZ, went for a cruise through the vibe. Oh, it's kind of. Nice area, you know. Pumping it is lovely. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. So boats everywhere, people everywhere. It's beautiful. And BP, you're about to abandon Australia as well, my friend. Yeah, got a bit on. So heading over to um, the continent, over to Europe, and then we're going to, uh, yeah, we're stepping up and uh, getting getting organised for a pretty serious uh, couple of years, I think. So um, listeners, we're, we're speaking a bit of code here. <laughs> Nothing that makes much sense, but insane. And I couldn't announce it last week, but um, yeah, the reason I am in NZ is the new role with Southern Spars. Congratulations, so, man. Yep. No, it's bloody good. It's a slick operation. The guys and girls on the floor there, well, floor, office, everything like that are just genuine. It's, you'd almost think they're Aussies. To tell you <laughs> the, <laughs> the amount of people that I've had uh, just in conversations through my, you know, just various chats I've had, um, all saw the uh, post and uh, have said, "Oh, and Bice has gone to the, gone to the gone to Southerns," and there's, so there's lots of uh, people who uh, who yeah. watch what's going on. But uh, yeah, Ooh. huge huge move for you, mate. No, oh. huge move, good oh. move, love it. I was sailing my fin yesterday because you know I'm trying to learn how to sail a fin and yeah, um, attack, yeah, yeah. 
coach boat pulls up alongside me. I'm thinking, oh, here we go, some free tips. And no, no, Spicy's oh, gone to Southerns, has he? What's going on there? <laughs> so you, you sort of mentioned to me uh, a couple of weeks ago that, you know, we talked about um, getting Radix on board and, you know, you said specifically that I had to stop selling boats in regards to gaining sponsorship. Um, Spicy, is it the same for you? So we're going to have Southerns on, are we? Oh, 100%. Mate, anything oh. I can do. Um, by the way, we will not be talking about any other mass manufacturers going forward. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh dear, cool. No, 100%. I'd, you know, I'd sell my left nut to make a dollar, boys. You know that. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, All right, we're going to bring, bring our guest in because uh, this is going to be a great conversation. I'm really fired up mm. about this one. Um, well, we've had a few theme, really, isn't it? What was that? Well, we got Bicey at the at the at the Southerns, so it's all uh, it's all worthy chat. Worthy chat, yeah. Well, you're going you're going to have some interesting topics in the next few weeks, I reckon, BP. Yep. Um, anyway, our guest this week, uh, a few people have reached out and asked us to get him on the show, um, so we did. Uh, he's a pom, um, national <laughs> neuro champ in the uh, RS two hundreds and the RS eight hundreds Endeavour Trophy winner, which is the champion of champions in the UK, where the 30 different national champs get together and race off. Uh, he's into his bike riding. He's into all sorts of stuff. But what he does do, even more importantly for us, he's got a YouTube channel called Mozzie Sales, M-O-Z-Z-Y, and he does full-on in-depth analysis of the America's Cup. Uh, so we were sort of in discussion keen, form. In, in discussion, discussion form, form, yeah. And yeah. it, it yeah. presents brilliantly, and uh, it's a great it's a great uh, YouTube channel if you haven't caught onto it. Um, and you know, with the cup just about to kick off, the the first of the events not far mid September were underway. Um, we thought let's get some focus in on the cup and see what we don't know and uh, bring in our guest. So welcome to the show, Tom Morris. Cheers for having me. Yeah, even though it's pretty early in the morning, glad yeah. to be here. It, well, well, as you just mentioned, Tom, um, it's not only early in the morning, but you're lacking a bit of sleep at the moment with a newborn in the house. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, a fairly brutal last couple of weeks. Got a, a two-week-old baby back uh, back in the house. I've just escaped down to the cabin at the end of the garden. So, um, yeah, actually, in a way, coming to speak about ch- sailing at 7 o'clock in the morning for an hour is um, quite the ro- light relief. So <laughs> the alternative is chasing around an 18-month-year-old whilst, uh, yeah, trying to keep a two-week-old baby happy and mum happy and stuff so um yeah bit of, no, bit of therapeutical bar, bar karate a bit of therapeutical bar karate it's good for you <laughs> quite quite mate um obviously you know we we've been watching you on on your youtube channel you know mozzie sales we're enjoying it um the in-depth stuff you do with the cup the stuff you do with the skiffs the, all the different things that you are doing on there Where's the passion come from you, you know? Like, um, why sailing for you? Ah, I mean, I just think sailing's pretty much the perfect sport in terms of the division between, I don't know, I I like the way races unfold in terms of strategy and tactics and all that, and I think it's got the right amount of just sheer luck. You know, (laughs) anyone can have the day in it, but... um, (laughs) You know, it's all about decision making and processes. And if you do the right thing, you know, consistently, you'll get your results. Um, and then off the water, all this kind of technical nature, it's got something to just completely fulfill your time. And 
I think it's a great thing away from away from the nine to five as well. Just have a little area of your life, which is, you know, a little bit kind of controlled and, you know, where you can follow your own path as well. And obviously there's that, you know, even when you're not racing or competing just out on the water and getting away with it. So there's just so many different elements and strands to the sport to enjoy. So uh, keeping passionate about sailing is not, not an issue. Did, did I say you started in a topper? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think um yeah, quite a lot of Brits do. Um so at the junior sailing, that's what I did. Actually I learned to sail. My family aren't sailors at all, but um we used to go on holiday down to the southwest and um my dad was like, Oh, we'll hire a sailing boat, went down to um local marina, told them we wanted to take out a boat, and they're like, Do you know how to sail? And he's like, Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> like oh you want to you want to learn first so um yeah my dad took us away and he just yeah totally out of nowhere took the family on a little uh, gravel pit in the northwest and um we learned to sail there but yeah i i got into the racing side of it pretty quickly i just said how i you know straight away it kind of clicked in terms of the way races unfold and all that and yeah got a topper and started doing the little kind of junior circuits and stuff pretty pretty quickly after learning when when you hit the gravel pit, so to speak, was uh, <laughs> yeah. which seems a common path in in the UK. The um, was it something straight away that you just love, like, or was it what I'm trying to delve back um, when I think about it? Some kids start, and next thing you know, it's twenty knots, and they're nose diving, just hating life. Would can you recall that first day? Was it just beautiful sunshine and things like that that kind of led to like actually oh, i like this beautiful sunshine he was in the yeah, yeah no, well, there's just, a couple, of, a couple of that there. in the northwest <laughs> in the northwest no nah, no nah, it was um gray and wet and uh, to be honest i like wearing a dry like, suit. Like, yeah well yeah i used because my family didn't sell i didn't really know what to wear i was wearing like a, a cagoule like waterproof tops and like waterproof the you know, pull up trousers from walking the dog and a pair of wellies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I looking back on it, I've got no idea why I liked it because every part of it was, was horrendous. And now, you know, as an adult, I sail at a pretty nice sailing club on the sea, a sunnier part of Britain. And yeah, you wouldn't catch me kind of doing that again. But yeah, at the time I just, I don't know. I, first of all, I love, sailing on my own um i sell crude boats now majority of the time but i like the freedom of being out on my own and just thought it was crazy that i was allowed to control a boat and just sent out mm. into a lake um it's that part of it i always liked the weather didn't really bother me too much um so yeah but yeah thinking back i don't i don't know why i liked it it, it, it <laughs> every part of it seemed a little bit a little bit grim looking back but um no i just loved the independence of it are you sure you're not um, just like a masochist in any way? Because the other thing I noticed is you you, you love cycling, and uh, I think uh, looking through your results, I see you do pretty well on the hill climbs. I see you doing time trials. So you're picking the most painful elements of cycling. You know, like for me, going down a hill. I don't know why they don't do time trials down a hill, but anyway, um, well, they do mountain biking. You do mountain biking. They don't even pedal. Oh, yeah, yeah but you got to think too much. Yeah, I'd kill myself. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I think, um, you know, it clearly 
there's an element of bashing you. You're trying to punish yourself for something that happened in a past life. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, um, most of my most of my best results when I was younger was always just because I prepared to suffer a little bit more than other people. Yeah, and um, I don't think I'd I've never really regard regarded myself as that talented a, a sailor in many regards, but I was always reasonably fit and pretty determined and that's i don't know same sort of thing on the in fact road cycling you don't really need anything else other than fitness and determination <laughs> there's um there's not a lot of um skill to it. a bit of tactics in the road racing but yeah like you said on a hill climb yeah uk hill climb it's just um it's just like two minutes of pure pain <laughs> as, as you were growing up tom did you have access to much sort of uh, coaching sort of stuff uh, being coached or was it was it all sort of self-taught because i mean you know back in i guess our day it was a lot more self-taught people than there are around now coaches are a lot more accessible um how did you go no, i was i was hugely lucky actually in that you know i've already said my family aren't aren't a sailing family at all um there's a few people from the local club who kind of you know gave me a few wise words of wisdom and but actually when i started learning sail was just when volvo got on board as a, a big sponsor and the national lottery got on board as a mm. big sponsor of uk yeah. sailing this was huge and in the uk it, wasn't it absolutely huge so this is you know going back just before um sydney olympics so yep. yeah when um Shirley and Ben were having their breakthroughs and getting their funding at the top level. I was, you know, literally just learning to sail. And um, yeah, that that money pumped all the way down. And I think I think the year after, I'd only been sailing about 18 months, maybe two years, when they established like zone, like regional squads. And I'd done a local event and got pulled into one of those squads. And to be honest, you only needed to really do a couple of events to to get on one they're pretty easy and a lot of people just got invited along but um yeah i mean there's a lot of yeah it gets a lot of flack the rwa system and i know they've changed it around now to be less formulaic and you know a little bit more club-led but for me if that kind of rigid system hadn't have you know forced its way down into the lower levels of the sport then yeah i don't i'm not sure i'd be where i you know, I mean, you, you, mentioned, I now. <laughs> you mentioned Volvo and, and that getting on board. I remember, I remember being in Geelong festivals of sail, and Ian Percy was doing a talk um, in Geelong. He was on tour. Just uh, this was would have pre two thousand. Uh, must have been right at the right at the cusp of that happening. I don't know if that's right or not. Um, but I was on <laughs> Secret Men's Business, I think, in Geelong, and, and Ian Percy had come in. And he had Volvo shirt on, and he was so it would have been, you know, yes, and. I'm not sure exactly when Volvo came on and when their sponsorship came down to the youth sailing and as well, but um, yeah, it, yeah, a Massive. huge thing for the, for the sport. And um, I was just really you know, right place, right time in that you know, someone picked up on my passion for enthusiasm and actually then kind of, you know, gave me a little bit of a structure to, to follow and find out, you know, cause I, the, you know, my family were, amazingly supportive but they didn't you know didn't really have a clue about you know racing and and any of that stuff and how the so, circuits so work just, what dad, a dad i need a new like. mainsail dad i need a new mainsail <laughs> uh, yeah i i don't know why they went because they didn't sell at all and just um just this kid coming up to them's like i need these new blocks in fact i um, was clearing out i just moved into this cabin because the little one had been kicked out of the main house but i was going through all my old stuff and i came had this um 
this book which i wrote down every time i went sailing what i did and oh, wow. um, all the blocks for my boat i needed and i had a part-time job at a local um beautiful uh, a farm potato picking and like how much all the blocks are gonna cost how many like, potatoes how are and, yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> the, the rs yeah. main sheet block is 17 potatoes <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the barter scheme. <laughs> yeah, walked into the shop with a bunch <laughs> yeah. of potatoes. Uh, um, what, you sort of had a bit of success, as we said at the start on the intro. We talked about all the sort of championships and stuff you've won. What, what sort of is your favourite event that you remember? Like, uh, was it the Endeavour Trophy or was it the National Champs or what? What was the? I mean, the Endeavour is probably the most high-profile thing. That I've won in the UK, it's yeah, on the dinghy scene, it's yeah, it's basically the the best thing you can win outside of going to the Olympics and in UK, yeah, UK dinghy scene, that's um, that's massive. And the names of the trophy are just yeah, who's who. So that is yeah, just to go and compete there is a special experience. And the Royal Corinthian Yacht Club who who host it do a fantastic fantastic job i mean for those who don't know it's basically all the uk dinghy national champions get invited to go along to um to burnham it's a pretty unique sailing location it's proper kind of tidal ditches on the east coast um but yeah it's like the top yeah 30 national champions in the uk all in identical boats um yeah having a weekend of one design racing to um to get a champion of champions so i'd been a few times before um but yeah winning that was was absolutely amazing so that's that's a yeah fond memory from a yeah just from the prestige of it but i don't know there's been a lot of events i've just enjoyed i yeah i like a event with good social good venue like going to garter in the um 800s is is always special it's just yeah the venues insane <laughs> like mm. you're sailing around you can't believe it the cliffs and breeze and just you're there in a hairdryer yachting along at you know 15 20 knots and you know fresh water as well it's absolutely fantastic so winning there this summer was um was pretty mm. special as well yeah you know you you had a pretty good couple of years here for a while so it's all going well i mean You've got a lot going on. So then that opens up to the the question, which I sort of guess we're angling towards, is your your YouTube page, the you know the America's Cup focus. What what's the passion for the cup for you? Where does that come from, or is it just the technical element? It's a technical element, and I've I've followed the cup since I was yeah, I guess when I went to university, I followed that was. 2007 Valencia wow. so I followed that a bit Christ. and um, I think the first I became aware to go I did 29er Worlds and Russell Coots came along to give out the prizes this was in Switzerland mm. so um, when was it 2004 so I guess he'd been with an he, he was for, just uh, there, he was just there to clear a few yeah, uh, he was just signing, signing some paperwork <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm here on business. The, yeah, of course. Sorry to are. say, yeah. but he had to use the 29ers as an excuse to get there. So um, that's all it was, really. <laughs> but yeah, he was um, he was along at a crumb. I I didn't know who he was. I had no idea. But he came along and he was there. <laughs> he was there at prize giving. Then that that kind of um, yeah, obviously other people were talking about it, and um, I started like 
following the cup a little bit more because before then I'd only really known about dinghies and sailed dinghies myself. So, but so I'd always followed it. And then, um, but I've got a few mates who are into it as well. And um, during well, the last cup in Auckland, it was locked down here. We literally couldn't do anything and spent, you know, all the time chatting with mates on WhatsApp. We were all kind of locked in separate houses anyway. So you couldn't really meet up and go to the same club to talk about it. So it's all over, you know, yeah, WhatsApp, Facebook, that kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the stuff I put on YouTube, I'd, I've always put on my own own sailing on YouTube and some people watch it, but not that many people really care. But <laughs> it was <laughs> it was an extension of that, really. But talking about the America's Cup and yeah, a lot of it, it's just stuff like, you know, you want to if you're having a discussion with mate, like I think that they think something else. And then like you try to explain it or like, you know, you drawing little sketches and sending to each other. And I was like, oh, I, I can make videos pretty easy and annotate them. So I'll just like do a two minute video and like send them over like, oh, this is what I think. And like just drawing on the screen. And um, I was like, well, I'll just put it on the YouTube channel because other people might want to see it and get get part of the discussion. So that's where it started from. And um, it's not really changed much since then. <laughs> kind of same sort of vibe, same sort of amateurish Um kind of angle on it but um yeah people i think people like the in-depth discussion hmm. yeah it's good man. well you don't have to talk to us about amateurish um <laughs> to, to us <laughs> it's very professional <laughs> yeah, we don't relate to that at all yeah. um it, no it's cool so you know from it, it refers back to what you said initially you know there's sailing there's uh, physical aspects but there's the technical aspects you know and that's you know for me i, I quite like tinkering on well, boats now you know like i think we all like well it. certainly even i know jordan during that cup as well like the discussions we were having how were things working all those sorts of things yeah essentially what you've built well what you're i'm pretty sure the same conversations were going on on your whatsapp group right so God, There's no wonder we why, get, what, why you get why you get so all those views because people are wondering all the same things as well. Yeah, I mean it's authentic in that way, isn't it? It's just straight from a I'm a sailor and mates all sailors around the world. People are having the same conversations, asking themselves the same questions, and to be fair, I think the the commentators at the um, at the cup are all it's a difficult gig because I guess they're there on the, on the, on the payroll of the cup to promote the cup. Um, some of them are hugely knowledgeable, like Nathan, obviously, but then he's also wanting to get a ride on America's cup team. There's only so much he's ever going to say or delve into or speculate about. Mm. And to a certain degree that holds them, that holds them back. And mm. you know what, what people want is a bit of speculation, a little bit of, um, you know, what if this, what if that, and putting the counterpoints across and even the sailing as well, a little bit more critical of what what the decisions people are making. Um, so I think that that helps. It's, it's filling a big gap in the market. And it's something that the America's Cup themselves, they'll always really struggle to actually fill that because, you know, as soon as they, as soon as they've got the commentators on the payroll, there's um, whether, whether it's true or not, there's a, there's a, there's a perceived at least vested interest in what the commentators are willing to talk about or not. 
And I guess there's a level, you know, they're trying to reach a, a very broad kind of just general public audience. And maybe they don't want to go into the details, but um, it, it, certainly people like Ken and Nathan undoubtedly could if they wanted to, but are probably a little bit restrained yeah, by the holding back a little bit in. for sure. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. right. They've got massive commercial interests. They know a lot more than they're letting on. I mean, we know that. So, um, and you know, for Ken particularly, he has massive commercial interests. Um, you know, Nathan is just his contract, but Ken, Ken, that made me giggle in the last cup though when, uh, yeah, Ken's uh, trying to not to trash the quantum sales. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, <"T-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-
Yeah, that was um, that was. I oh, know I had one. I had one um, uh, kind of. Uh, I've got a bit of a rant about the AC forties and the um, two bait testing, which has snuck in as well, which I keep on going back to. So I had one out about about that. But yeah, the last kind of like techie video I did was the cyclos, which I think is really interesting. I um, I, I said in the video for me. Yeah, the really the big difference with these boats compared to the you know the yachts that we're out racing on is the the storage of the hydraulic pressures and as soon as you've got a kind of an accumulator kind of building all that mm. out and then redeploying that that energy that oil around the boat then that really changes the game from you know anything we would we would see on the you know, typical you know typical beer can racers type things but um you know, I yeah, I think the cyclos is an interesting, interesting problem to solve. I think all the teams are going to go for cyclos this time, so it's really about optimizing that. Obviously, last last time, you know, Team New Zealand rocked up with it. I think um, Oracle put Slingsby on the back on their little bike, didn't they? Which was yep. hilarious. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, they were unopposed. They they, you know, I think undoubtedly the cyclos are better. But now we're going to have the question of how would you optimize it. Um, sadly though that's all you know going to be out of sight a little bit mm-hmm. so we can we can speculate about what they might do within the rules and the systems but whether we'll actually see any of that um you know it's a bit of a, it is a bit of a shame when those um interesting areas of development go below deck and we mm. can't see any more mm. and it's another um i guess that's another uh reason why people criticize the move away from the more traditional kind of pit teams grinders all kind of moving out oh, of sync, yeah. which you could you could see back in the iacc days but um yeah for me yeah cyclos is an interesting question and the way the rules are written they've got some kind of interesting problems to solve but oh, some I don't know, it's all in the hydraulic systems we won't might oh. not see it so no there's more than that there's more than that like first off let's get to two critical problems uh, for the cyclers so sure all the hydraulics all that technical first off one number one problem the priority is going to be uh, dietary considerations because they've all got their fucking heads right up each other's ass so if somebody <laughs> drops their guts like, and it's staying contained because it's below decks so that that's critical and you can imagine if you're just having a bad day the poor bugger behind you is just not going to it's going to be an unhappy boat well, they're good. So they're it's just the like wind. rugby. So it's just like rugby, really. <laughs> so, like you got one person pissing three people up, five people's asses. You see, Spicy, we wouldn't have thought about that because yeah. we don't follow the game. Whereas he, Jordan's a major follower of rugby, so he understands yeah, the yeah. exertion of stress and pressure at the wrong time. But then the other one is if they do go nose down, right? A big, big uh, nose dive, and you know, from Endo. yeah, if, um, from speed to zero very quick. The the cyclers are in a really bad position for that. They can't see it coming. They're just pedalling. Genuinely, that, you know, all the humour aside, that, to me, from a yeah. safety perspective, looks scary. Yeah. yeah they Don't um, disagree with you on that one. Thought about well, that Well, they myself. really could end up with a head up someone else's arse. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really if it's the same guy that's having a bad day, you're in heaps of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, it's an absolute... If you want to try and involve people from a personal point of view, mm. like it's the completely wrong thing to yeah. allow. Yeah. But it's just the way around the rules to generate pressure yeah. as opposed to having a small little DC pump or whatever it might be or an accumulator or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. 
it's hard to know where the answer is. I think in some ways the foiling boats bring in a new audience and yeah, what do you do on a foiling boat? The way that you're not going to have, you're not going to have head sail changes. We saw them try to put that in last cup and have open winches as well for the crews during the tax. The teams just cover them up. We didn't get head sail changes. You ended up with people grinding, which you couldn't really see anyway. So, um, yeah. I, I guess think... we end up CIC 40. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. And um, I think the AC 40 is a pretty good platform. At least then you know what everyone's doing on the boat. And it's it's the end of grinders. Um, it's the end of that power unit. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be popular in itself. But... At yeah. least it wouldn't be, but, you know, artificial. But you're, that, not, you're not creating a, a reason just to put people on the boat to create create power. But um, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. But the it saves a lot of money in, yeah. in feeding the grinders, though. That's true. <laughs> and the only, you know, with four people on the boat with the AC40s, you can have a whole lot more teams. I think it could be. I mean, going. I don't think it's. An, I think the AC forty tomorrow are the ones I really like watching on the water. But we've all we've always said that the AC forties are going to be a class that's going to just, you know, benefit out of all of this. Yeah, no I've, have you heard any rumours of people buying privately yet? No, I've I've not. I've I've heard I've heard a rumour, but um, that they have one on order, two on order, but I've not seen. Not see much publicity around it. Maybe they're early days, but I think that's going to be. Can't imagine the, saying, uh, to your, saying to your mate, "Come on, we're going, we're going sailing on the weekend." Yeah, who, who do you want to get? Oh, see if Jono's available. Yeah, right. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I mean, it's it, not going to be like what, that, is what it? What size helmet does he wear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd be Jordan's is on board. Oh, yeah, that'll do. We we um, we have got an invite uh, to go and sail the virtual uh, um, simulator. So oh, we'll probably end up doing that towards the end I'll of the year. I'll fly home for that. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're just building a new helmet for Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Fit his head. <laughs> okay. What? A, so go on, Tom. Sorry, you're going to speak, mate. No, I, I, I was just going to say on that. The, the, the only counter argument to everything we've just said is, first of all, in the last cups. You know the the power on these boats at the moment is only powering what's below the waterline, and in the in the past we didn't have power for anything below the waterline. So mm. it's sticking true to values in that there's human power adjusting mm. the sails, and it's obviously it's still wind that's getting you round round the race course. So from I guess there's a strand through from there. For me, I, the AC40s and the leq 12 super cool boats, and they're going to be a great the ac force is going to be a good gateway through for the youth and women's cups for sure mm. and you know let teams build in that arena before coming on board with the full cup but for me absolutely i think you still need a big boat for the cup i think that you know you know so that like all three, around it when you get there on one, water. Right? yeah yeah i think there has to be a step up and i don't mind that those boats aren't raced very, very often but i think the scale does have to come into it for, America, oh. for me for america's cup boat okay. so i would be keen to to keep them for sure mm. well i yep. think you're going to see that's i think you're going to see a more permanent ac40 tour yeah you know i think that's going to happen i think that what you know, is it once the cup's done we're going to see I think we'll see events that a lot of these sailors will do. It won't be like a sail GP or a this or that, but it'll, and that could lend itself to potentially, you know, boats being chartered, um, you know, and an owner gets an opportunity to be on board in apostrophes um, with people, but who knows how that pans out. Yeah. And excuse my ignorance, 
What okay. was the um, the protocol in regards to how long these boats were going to last? Was another. it going to be three rounds only if Team New Zealand won, or well, they've was all... it an agreement amongst the teams the or big yeah, that's the big yeah, that's part of the protocol. So they've yeah. got um, they've all in theory signed up to using the AC seventy five for um, AC thirty eight, but um, that's a lot of ACs. Thirty seven, yeah, for the next cup. yeah. That, <laughs> until yeah. someone else wins. But they've all changed the back takes to a, it to court. Changes the back to a catamaran. Yeah. So in <laughs> ahead of thirty six, the Kiwis didn't sign because they tried to get everyone to sign up onto the the cat platform, but the Kiwis refused to sign that, as we know. Um, but yeah, they've all signed on this one for thirty seven and thirty eight, which is why the French team um, is it the French team? What uh, the the uh, the the uh, Orient Express team? Orient Express, yeah. Um, Le, Le, Le Frenchies. The Frenchies, that's why they, they got Depend, into it. So, um, you know, so, yeah. I, I'm interested. Mm. One of the things that I find really interesting, um, when the Cup was on in New Zealand, there was a lot of time, you know, I spent all the time looking, you know, trying to look up the leech of the, the, the sails and I was looking at the, the main, the bottom of the mains, looking at how they were setting those up and, all the, the different foils and all those elements, which you do a lot of, right? You're all over this. This is something that uh, I find interesting. What has been the, you know, can you pick out one or two or three standout things that you've noticed coming into this cup? What are the, do you reckon the most important elements are? I think this cup is going to be hugely interesting. I've not talked about it on my channel. Uh, I alluded to it in a previous um, video, the Cyclor one, but the, one of the biggest changes in the rules for this cup has been how they're allowed to link controls to one another. Mm. And I think, so in the previous cup, you had a button and you pressed it and one cell control moved and it moved for as long as you pretty much were pressing the button. And there were no kind of like presets and that was it. It had to be someone on a, on a pad making that, making that change. Um, in this cup, you're allowed a huge amount of feedback between different controls you know, when, when X control, you know, when your Cunningham's in X position and you pull on the kicker, it'll move to there and the, and just feedback loops within the yacht. And yeah. that opens up a huge amount of possibilities and the mind boggles about what they, what they could and will do with this. Um, obviously they've gone to the self-tacking jibs and we see a, a very rudimentary self-tacking jib on the AC40, which is basically identical to what you have on a 49er, 29er, international 14, blah, blah, blah. But the self-tacking jibs that they've got, that Ineos have got on their LEQ12 and that, um, and that, uh, I'm going to murder the pronunciation to Hutai, um, have got on theirs, um, have these kind of like twin tracks with a car in between and they can basically trim that jib in 3d and these these kind of feedback loops should allow them on a straight track across the boat to actually as the as the car moves to then move where the sheeting angle is in conjunction mm. with it just all within a feedback so loop you, without anyone actually having you, to manually uh, do that you basically hit the tack itself. button hit the tack button and it will do all the controls at the right timing, depending on a whole bunch of variations. That's yeah, I told you, so- I, I, mate. I, I'm, I've, I've changed my view. 
I said there's going to be one person driving the sale GP boats within 12 months, um, only, not driving, but only on board. It's going to be zero. And it's going to be the same for the cup. AI is taken over. Get on board. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. It's going to be a drone competition. <laughs> exactly. So, so what you're saying, Tom, is you know, it, with all these feedback loops, particularly when you look at Barcelona, right, where they're they're sailing, they're they're getting a lot of cross swell. Um, so you know, the, one of the things you hear, you know, they they might be sailing upwind with waves behind them at times, and and across on the next tack, they're sort of across swell lines. Um, so, you know, your, your rig setup's completely different in those sorts of situations. So, you know, you might even, with what you're saying, you could actually, if you're on starboard, automatically set this way. If you're on port, it, when you tack, it automatically sets up into that, uh, that different configuration that you want for those different conditions. You're managing, managing parameters. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, the primary controls are still going to be done I mean, it's hard to think because it's it's a fairly rare thing to have on on a conventional boat. So I was trying to think the other day, you know, what controls would I link up on my dinghy if I if I could? And I mean, the halyard on the kite is linked to the tack line on the pole. So when you pull up the halyard, the tack line also goes out as one system. So that is an example on a dinghy of you know you changing one control and the other one links it and it's actually linked by tension so when a tension in the tack line equals x then the tension the how it must equal um x as well and that pulls the whole system out and in some more kind of techie dinghies like a, a merlin rocket oh, i know you guys don't have them over there but i no. guess they have the canting rigs and the four stay lengthens as the shrouds come back and all that and the kicker moves with that as well mm-hmm. so they're examples that we know of but kind of handing it off to the teams and letting them run with these ideas and seeing what they come up with so is going to be hugely interesting this cup. And I I don't know where where they are going to go with that, but you know there's not much sign of that on the AC40 test platforms that I've you know been looking for. Um, so whether I just can't detect it, but on the LEQ12s, obviously I talked about the the self tacking jib and this kind of three D sheet, sheeting. That's a definite example of where you would, you know, when the track moves in, when you sheet the jib inboard, then it's going to automatically change your sheeting angle and to like keep that perfectly dialed in. But it's going to be interesting to see where to go with the main sail controls. Obviously, the two skins last cup, um, MHT New Zealand were using a fairly rudimentary system where the skins just slid over each other. They had like a little yoke, mm-hmm. which was just twisting mm-hmm. in the tacks. And there was all this talk about how you might adjust the outhaul on different different skins separately. And I never really saw that that happening too much in the end. That They were just relying on a bit of string with a yoke to tack the mainsail. But, you know, you could really go into depth of that, of having it automatically, you know, when you're on one tack to the other, those skins kind of self-adjusting and um so yeah the only thing you can't do is link it to stuff that's happening outside of the yacht um obviously otherwise you could link it up to your wind uh index and uh Mm. wind speed and then it would just be completely self-sustaining so there has to be you know basically the role of the the crew now the after guard is is looking externally processing that information and then like making a decision on that inputting that to the to the control systems but a lot of like the link between the controls can be done 
done in one. And um, yeah, I'm interested to see where that goes. I just hope we see some of it. That's when I talk about these things. I just hope hope we we get to get to see it, and that will be my task is to zoom in and try to try and see if I can. What? see how they're doing these things but that's that's a huge difference from last couple it's not been talked about at all because we've had you know the change to the cyclos we've had the reduction in weight we've got the bigger foils like there's a lot to talk about which is going to be pretty like visible the loss of the bow splits and the code zero so there's yep. lots of changes to talk about but i think fundamentally this control one is probably going to be like the biggest change for the sailors in terms of like what skills you need to have on an, you know half guard of this boat this is going to be the the biggest change to to what to what these guys are doing you know in getting a boat around the course and it's not really talked about because it's in the control systems but um hopefully it'll become apparent when they bring out their um launch their race boats if you go back to the the cup in auckland the two finalists you know the ones that made the cup were probably the two boats that could sort of reshape their rigs the most going and hold on the falls the longest you know that that downrange element because they had more able to shape the bottom of their boats uh, the bottom of their mains i thought you know and and it could it's not necessarily when everything's perfect but it's on the margins where the gains will be made that's my view on it so you know if you can stay on your fall longer or get up earlier or you can um you know you can talking to american magic they're not they're not worried about their top end speed they know that their top end speed was fine um, but it's the actual low down speed that they were concerned about you know there's this element where the difference are is if you're on your fall or off your fall you know and um i think that's where we'll see a lot of that sort of on your margin at the margins sort of yeah in the in this- the in that real sort of um tight on foils off foils moment it's Transitions. about it must be about how the camber of the mainsail is controlled mm. uh, to cr- produce that power. And mm. and something we, when we did our with our twin skin thing we worked on was l- keeping the, the uh, battens in camber mode or releasing the battens, but being able to do it in a way that if you release the top batten a little bit more than the next batten, uh, sorry, the, the, the first batten a little bit more than the next batten, next batten, eventually you create twist mm. without using your main sheet. And that was and so by pulling that those battens together, you create more camber without using main sheet. And that was something that uh, is well, that is something that might be interesting as well to listen to here if they put on the bat. Yeah, they they've limited the control. Last yeah. cup they were allowed right, um, one and a half meters at the top Correct. to do um, active controls, but they've they've got rid of that for this cup. So and, that, and that's my point. It'd be really interesting to see how yeah. they're managing that because camber is a huge thing and, and, and re- relating camber to flattening and, and twist is, is something that you can do without using your main sheet mm-hmm. with paddles. But they, they're still, I think it's going to be, or oh, I was just going to say, it's going to be hugely important for this cup. Cause I, I don't think, you know, the, the cups not one on top speed, but it's, headline as they round the women mark but whether they get past cavitation on the bearway or not isn't going to win or lose them the cup i mean it'd be safer if they don't cap- cavitate but there'll be ways of getting through that bearway without it so looking at what the conditions we're likely to get in barcelona it's going to be wavy it's going to be difficult to get a boat unstuck and it's going to be lighter conditions as well mm. and it's going to be getting and typically it'll get lighter from the challenger series to the cup itself as well yep. so yeah this is all going to be about takeoff efficiency and swell um you know not touching down during maneuvers um so 
I think well, a bit of a, a bit of different direction. Yeah, in essence, mm. being in control of changing gears. I mean, you, the ch yeah. precision of changing gears at that at that you know that crossover point of foiling and non-foiling is going to be the key, right? So yeah, you mean you've got two completely different power systems, haven't you? The, the cells you want to get you to take off, and the cells you want immediately, like ten seconds later, once you've taken off, are just yeah, completely and, different. And, it's and knowing and knowing when it's the opposite, mm. you know. Yeah. Well, you know, because you're going to be coasting for a while before you realise. You go, oh, guys, with, you know, it's like I guess they're going to work it out, but it'll be like, where's that point where you need to start fattening and start going for it and keep the thing up? So before I don't want to. There's so much I want to talk about, but one thing that we saw in the last cup was obviously, you know, we had great fun with the Italians where they had skipper on both sides. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if more of the teams are going to do that, um, whether that will come into play, because, you know, the way you saw the AC40 in the build-up, you know, they're all basically sailing two skippers now as it is because, you know, you hand over uh, when you're in the AC40. So I'm really intrigued if you reckon we'll see any more of that, do you reckon? Yeah, I think every team is going to go um, twin skippers. And I think it makes sense. I just think every time you have someone crossing a boat, it creates mm. an opportunity for disaster. And, you know, those are the most critical times of the race, the, the maneuvers, and to have your skipper kind of like stood on the back of the boat holding on to the um the clue of the mainsail as i think ben ainsley was in in the pre-start um on, on a couple of the races last cup is just you just can't have that in these boats i'm not sure it's safe but i'm also sure it's not fast and i think all the teams will want to get away with that and the, the trick is picking a pairing who can link up and communicate <laughs> on the same wavelength mm -hmm. and and pass off that that responsibility each maneuver um effectively we've had a, we've had a few laughs about this haven't we mm. <laughs> you're spot on likes don't get on yeah yeah i think it's going to test some egos isn't it it's yeah. like have you know just imagine f1 if the two drivers were in the same car yeah. wrestling for the steering wheel <laughs> each with a brake foot brake pedal and well, each maybe that you can because you're allowed allowed to make that loop now the minute it goes onto port or starboard it disconnects the uh the lured wheel no i think it, i think this will be this will probably be actually one of the more interesting elements like for the media i think the these relationships between the the co-skippers is going to be a big talking point that's going to mm. be quite interesting because i yeah i thought um yeah uh, Jimmy and uh, Bruni, I think they, uh, first of all, he's like super chilled out bloke to kind of um, go up against Jimmy. So I think that helped that their, their, mm. um, their egos kind of matched a little bit, mm. but um, yeah, even there, there were like moments of kind of like slight narkiness and we're going to get that every race, just these, you know, it's it's bad enough when you've got helmsman and and trimmer, but when you've got helmsman and helmsman, it's going to be really really interesting. Like Ben as well, like he he got pretty snappy with Giles, just um just kind of coming out of manoeuvres when he was handing off the steering to Giles. He didn't quite like uh, one of the ducks that Giles did on uh, Luna Rossa. Thought he gave them a bit too much, and he was like really snappy with it. So we're going to get like every race. It's going to be full of full of those moments to to pour over, and I think that's relatable. That's just 
good that's relatable for the average person he's he's well, racing I think, you know. I think we i think we have a responsibility to really make sure we uh we we keep an eye on it and headline it because uh, i think there's going to be some cracking moments where the general yeah. public might not see or understand where we could see we could see them fighting on the wheels or we could see them to look at each other a certain way oh, it brings a whole yeah. new world to new term that you know dial up takes on a whole new sort of sort of <laughs> meaning doesn't it oh, and, and and banter yeah yeah. On board banter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the, the um the press conference is going to be pretty interesting as well because we're so used to the America's Cup and the and the skippers just being like the figurehead of the team that we see yeah. on the water. I know after, you know they have the you know like Max or Max Serena, someone who would be like the general kind of like Principal. captain. Yeah, yeah. Who we who'd be looked to, but on the water you've always you're always looking to 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 the helmsman. And, um, you know, in the, in the press conferences, they've been leading. They're very much like the team falls in beyond them. And you think about the great challenges over the years and the, and like the persona of the team often becomes the persona of the skipper. Mm. And now you're going to have two of them and you're oh. going to have these kind of like Jekyll and Hyde um, <laughs> no, kind of like. You like it. I'm looking forward to it. You've forgotten I'm looking something. forward to the press conferences yeah. and one of them says something that the other one doesn't agree with. You, and you can just. <laughs> and just the facial expressions. Guy. No, the course is not in the left, it's in the right. You have completely missed you're you're only focusing on two thirds of the in, the people that are gonna talk. Uh so you got each skipper and the AI. The AI will be doing press conferences, you watch. <laughs> and they'll be arguing. AI and you watch, it'll be, you know, it'll be uh, terminated one starts because of the America's Cup. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Can you imagine when we had the first press conference with AI? Can you just yeah. imagine that? Because, I mean, it's a bit cheeky with us already, so I don't know. Anyway, um, what about the falls? Like, uh, which falls are going to be the ones? Because, oh, as you said, we've gone to bigger falls on the 75, so it's, it's pretty cool watching – these boats going out, they've got different foils on different sides. They're trying all sorts of different setups, you know. Um, the two boating is sort of happening. So, you know, there's a lot of info. Yeah. I think we've seen uh, – what I'm pleased is we have seen some variation in the in the foil design, which I was a little bit fearful after the last cup. We just see a copy and paste of what Team New Zealand did, but just stretched out over the, the, the width of the new book box at a little bit higher aspect ratio and we wouldn't see we wouldn't be, well there would be changes but we wouldn't be able to see them so it's pleased me that we have had teams trying some kind of like more novel ideas we've had Ineos go back to their w foil which mm. they dropped pretty quickly so maybe it wasn't so good and we've seen um alingi with the with their kind of like and well swept back delta wing which mm. is a new mm. a new thing and the um tubercles on the front of the foil as well mm. so we've seen some pretty interesting ideas but having said that i do think most of the teams seem to be honing in on a kind of like a emirates team new zealand mark ii just really high aspect ratio um a little bit of pre-bend in them and um i think We'll see a little. There's a little bit of um, disagreement on exactly what they're doing with the foil tips. So that's going to be an area, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I hope an, a team like Ineos does come out of left field with a W foil because it'll be something to talk about. But the speed at which they dropped that, 
yeah, yeah gives me less less hope. Well, that's either but, good I or mean, bad. this isn't this isn't letting out any design secrets, but going through the whole Super Sixty stuff when um, you're chatting to the guys and girls designing the foils, literally could not get them long enough and with high, any more high aspect, if that makes sense. From like, and narrow core length, right? And all the only holdback was construction, mm. yeah. which is being more and more refined, right? Mm. So, yeah. yeah, it doesn't surprise me. That's the way they're going. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all um, the testing's done in on the computer these days, mm. um, which is very good, mind you. Mm. But until you get it in the water in a place like Barcelona, which has those conditions and those bearing conditions, that's a another factor to to put in there. Mm. So then the, the next question, who's going to be done for cheating first? <laughs> the reconnaissance team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm really interested what what will be the first. I don't mind recon team. Let's, if we want to, don't want to put names against people, what about what will be the first controversy? Then we don't have to assign it to anyone. We can just think what the first controversy will be. Oh, I'll There's, definitely say French. Uh, the French. But, um, <laughs> they're, getting the, they're getting Kiwi design anyway, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah that's um, true. So yeah. it'll be a quite a well-established design that fits everything. But, you know, it doesn't have to exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's going to be um, – you can already see it. So they, I'm not sure how much you follow. This is proper kind of geeky behind-the-scenes stuff. But I follow all the rule, rule inquiries that go in. And it's just hilarious the way that it's it's all done like without naming names, so no one puts their name to their rule inquiry. But they're all basically pointing fingers at one another <laughs> or raising things that they're doing that they think is a little bit sus, and they just want to check it out with the other teams first. <laughs> but, um, so I, I follow them. They make they make good good reading, but um, there's definitely a few rule controversies brewing there. I think covered area is going to be a big one because mm. obviously all the teams mm. are pushing pushing just to completely cover everyone they'd be below deck if if the um aero team had their way yeah. for sure um but there's a bit of a safety angle obviously um yeah someone needs to pull the grinders out when um or the cyclors out when um when they do pitch pole and there has to be some sort of opening so i think we're going to see controversy around that i, I don't know like some of the stuff i think see going on with it with the control systems there's also there's already loads of stuff going on about about that and they're kind of like actuators and kind of pretty geeky um hydraulic circuit stuff which i don't think we'll see enough of for it to be controversial i don't think the teams will have a good enough view of what each of are doing to for it really to blow up um blow up in the cup um so yeah i reckon crew covered areas could be could be the one that gets questioned a lot because it's very visual. Um, mm. Yeah, I reckon some team will turn up with some pretty unique fairings, which yep. will all kind of amazing. zip zip themselves in. You reckon, <laughs> or well, kind of like yeah. fighter pilot type setup? Well, exactly. yeah, like carbon monofilm. Put, remember, put your helmet on; it's two meters long. Yeah, bit of perspex. <laughs> remember, uh, <laughs> two meter long helmet, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
imagine that. Remember, these teams are a lot of these teams are working with Formula One teams. You know, the Formula One teams have budget restrictions, so they by partnering up with the, the America's Cup teams. I doubt they're coming out with a halo. No, no, I just mean that you know aerodynamics is such a big part of the uh, Formula One, and by oh, partnering yeah, up huge. with the America's Cup, they're able to do a lot of aerodynamic testing that doesn't come into the Formula One budget. So. So they're you know they're quite happily involved and and as you said it may be just exactly that like a, it's a, a four headed helmet you know that is <laughs> even that better comes <laughs> where are you going in. today Spicy, where are you going I've got to go out with Jordan why is that because we're going to wear the same helmet <laughs> walking down the dock <laughs> a meter apart you got to get I, on at the same I don't want to go there I want to get a coffee. <laughs> Oh shit! That's a cracker. Did you have the same Indian as me last night. That's too funny. I reckon that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. You imagine the three of us walking down the dock in a helmet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd be jumping up to try and get to your height. <laughs> your feet wouldn't be on the ground. You'd have to be in the middle. <laughs> We're nearly there, mate. We would. Sorry, Tom. We've gone off on a bit of your bike. <laughs> So, sorry. Well, our first event is not far away. <laughs> We're just over a month away from our first preliminary event. So, um, uh, mid September for the listeners. So, we just, this is sort of why we're starting to focus back in on the cup a little bit. And we're all pretty excited. Obviously, that's in the 40s. Um, and, you know, that's our first, uh, first taste. We've got, what's our lead up? Then we go in December, the the Jeddah thing. I don't know if the US team will turn up. I don't know. I yeah, mean, no, apparently they've been told they have to go, don't they? They have to. They have yeah. to go. Yeah, because yep. it counts to their tally. Yep. And, and then uh, speaking what, to Britain about it, Britain Ward about it, and yeah, they yep. have to. And once we get into August next year, we're pretty much away. So, you know, it's all starting to happen now. So we're actually going to get some of this controversy. We're going to get some of this stuff starting to come forward. We're going to start living it again. Um, which is cool, you know, like it's it's really cool. I'm super excited about the the youth and the, the women's that they're mi- mm. intermixing it and they're doing it in these 40s, you know, and they're giving a lot of opportunities because they're the, that's the door opener uh, for a lot of people going forward, the pro sailing pathway. Um, so you've got to fight tooth and nail to get one of those spots. Um, and, yeah, you know, she's going to be a glamour. Uh, are you going to attend, Tom? Do you reckon you'll make a, a run across... Yeah, I've been looking into the logistics of it with a yeah, pretty pretty new baby. And uh yeah, it's difficult. I'm yeah, I've been thinking about doing a little trip to Barcelona and it's just along the coast from there. So it does it does lend mm. itself to um to, you know, seeing all the bases, then going for a little um road trip along the coast to mm. it's Villanova, isn't it? The first one. Mm-hmm. Um and I've got some yeah expat friends out in Jeddah as well so I'm sure they'd give me a floor to sleep on yep. as well but it's more the personal um kind of I don't know if it worked right that's easy mate tell, tell you why it's all organized it's business it's all, right? organized. all it's you business, gotta do in the yeah. meantime get mozzie sales find a sponsor <laughs> who's going to send you there right and do do a few uh you know big takes on it plug the sponsor yeah. and it's all business it's all business at the end of the day. I think what we need to do, um, so we're Barkeradi's probably going to have two people attending uh, Villanova is what we're we're trying to budget for at the moment with our zero income. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it's looking pretty good. <laughs> but that, Didn't we that's get a dollar thirteen from YouTube last month. Hey, Didn't we get a dollar thirteen from YouTube last Something month? Something like that. Um, but the um, the other thing I think is that what you alluded to at the start, Tom, is with the commentary team. You know, all for the producers out there, and we know a lot listen. For the producers out there, you've you've picked the wrong commentators. Like you've got people that are uh, have got ulterior motives, and they're not giving the full thing. I can think of a few people that would absolutely lay it on the line and give you all the detail and give you the controversy. And uh, so you know, this why don't we just form the um, the commentary team now and call it that? This is the commentary team. We'll just call it the, <laughs> the AC commentary, commentary team. team. The, the Ryan HC commentary team. Yeah. That's it. We just go. We're, we're done. We'll have to work it out. We can get KO to play it. Well, they <laughs> play it anyway, but we'll just do it over the top. Over the top, that's it. Yeah. Um, I think we're sort of out of time, Tom. You know, we've chewed up an hour. I don't know if you've had a lot of fun. But I hope you have, but um, it's been good fun. Yeah, I've had a lot, lot of fun. I could, I could just see the family through the, um, through the window back in the house and they're just about holding together so um <laughs> it's, it's difficult one to call isn't it because things really go yeah do you um, make it do you make it you to... yeah. do you make it you talking for the next hour <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. watching a bit of lady kenny on youtube <laughs> <laughs> just saying you, you got... i may or may not have done that before. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna, I, I must admit lady kenny must be sending us money by now we've given him so much plug um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you've never seen that TV show, hunt it down, Tom. Um, <laughs> we love it. But anyway, um, yeah, mate, uh, good fun. I suspect we might chat again at some stage because, uh, you know, you're really informative. It's you, The analysis you've yeah, made on is great. fantastic, mate. Um, and again, a reminder for those, Mozzie Sales on YouTube is where you want to go. Yeah, uh, give, that, give that a plug. Give us, give us all your details and uh, so people can catch up with you. Yeah, any, any other areas that we've got to refer you to? No, I'm pretty much on YouTube only. I've got an Instagram account, but it's kind of, yeah, Mozzie just Sales, me saving YouTube. my boat. Yeah. Mozzie yeah. Sales YouTube, YouTube channel. Yeah, M-O-Z-Z-Y. Okay. Well, so you've got, you'll get my mum and Bicey's mum. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big, fan, big fans yeah, yeah. for starters. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, mate. Good on you. We'll leave you in peace. Thanks, Tom. Nah, cheers for having me. It's been great. Great. Have, have a good day. Cheers. And, uh, congrats. Really enjoyed that chat, boys. Um, I felt like uh, you know he's. You could see how analytical it was about everything, but uh, you know it was interesting. Um, a bit like his channel, it's analytical and interesting. Well, and um, and analytics to the side, it kind of reminds us of how we first started. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just banter about what goes on yeah. on the dock or on the water. Yeah. And we thought, why not? let some other people listen to what we yeah, crap, crap on about for quite a bit. Although he does it a little more pro- a little more bullshit. professionally than us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. But um no, bloody good. Mm. I lo- yeah, no, no. I think love that I chat, think it's that a good discussion. Thing. Mm. I think it's a good thing where it's going. We did just mention off air that um you know the the general public in the you know the actual uh, racing you know might not all know uh, much about sailing. So they'll, they'll, the the commentary will be relatively basic it'll be sort of you know as we as we've heard it's 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 made to be user friendly for the uninitiated but with uh, something like this if you are interested in the technical details of something you can go to the channel 
and you can ask the questions directly and it, and it gets answered or and or talked about. So it's Oh, and that, even better, we can go to the channel. We can talk about what he was talking about, and it makes yeah. us look like experts. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good we are. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, cool. Good on. Uh, yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well, kind of related here, gents. In the UK, we've just had uh, – he's based out, out of the UK, of course – just had the Fastnet race be completed, and I've got to just tell you this one that came across the desk yeah, this week. Really- from Sam White. Just listen up. This kind of crosses over into the listener of the week territory. From Sam White. I thought I'd drop you a line just to let you know that you missed something about Radix in your last pod. Having the shit kicked out of me for four days on the Fastnet as a (laughs) double-handed entry on the JPK 1080, I wanted to give my experience of Radix. Whilst it's obviously a great nutritional source, it tastes good and it's easy to prepare and I think you missed a major benefit about the product, that being the ease of which it washes off the side decks when it reappears from your stomach in heavy weather, leaving no <laughs> residue or staining whatsoever. <laughs> what a great result and something that I feel they need to push in their marketing. Look, Sam, we'll chat to their marketing department. Pretty sure that won't be on the pack, but um, for all the yachties out there who know they're going to get their shit kick, the shit kicked out of them, you don't have to worry about the juco. He's all good. <laughs> dear, dear. You, the, just the, the, the things that Radix bring to the op, uh, operation. To, oh, uh, it, sometimes it's not even thought about. Mm, That's how, how amazing it is. <laughs> well, uh, the good part about it is that uh, the he's had the Radix, and because of the because of how quick it uh, does get into your system, he's probably gained some some positive oh, nutritional value. Out. I'm not surprised they didn't win the race. Yeah. Crying out loud, <laughs> you idiots! <laughs> oh dear. All right, all right, all right. So, Radix nutrition products are designed to provide the body's metabolism with the nutrients it needs to thrive. So, complete nutritional design, uh, breakfast, meals, drinks, accessories. There's all sorts on there. So, just go to radixnutrition.com and uh, or .com.au and uh, fuel your day. Yeah, very good. Designed mm. for the harshest conditions. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's having a plug. All right. Let's go on to uh, other news. Um, club events. There's so much going on. At What's the not going on? <laughs> I was actually great bloody looking what, what can we shove on hot time and bias today? And I was <laughs> like, where do you start and where do you stop? Yeah. Basically, there's shitload going on. Plenty okay. of regattas. There's some winners, losers, and there's a lot coming up, which is, of course, mentioned now. Yeah, well, our job's not to report on all of them, so we just want to talk about the stuff behind the scenes. But just to give you an idea, so Cows Week's on. You've got Copper Del Rey, the 29er Worlds have just finished. Uh, Irish uh, brother and sister just won that one. 12-metre Worlds, the 2.4-metre Worlds, the TP52 Worlds start 22nd to 26th August. And... um, yeah. Yep, so that's going to be good. And then, of course, we do have a couple sent in. One is our friends at... NASA, Sailing NASA, the uh, F-18 mm-hmm. series in the northeast of the uh, US, the, uh, where they're doing the F-18 stuff. Soon to be hosting, uh, having a Barkerati vessel as part of the uh, event. Um, their next regatta is next weekend, so 12-13 uh, underway. So keep your eyes out for that one. That'll be a big one to watch out, and we'll give some good coverage on that, as I said. Um Definitely going to be covering off on that. But uh, if you're into it, that will be coming up. Uh, and then the other one is a bloke 
who is basically using us as his uh, free PR machine. Um, he, we just, he, but he does it right, so I'm happy to keep giving it to him. So uh, he just wants us to mention the Dillon Open Regatta, which is uh, August 25, 26 and 27 on Lake Dillon at 9,017 uh, 9, feet above sea level. Uh, I have no idea what that is in real Can't numbers. even grow trees up there, gents. That's Can you how know? high it is. Is it? Yeah, masks fall down. It's an amazing concept. <laughs> so it's like nearly 3,000 metres, I guess, in real numbers. Um, we're expecting fleets to consist of the Melges 24s, J80s, J22s, J24s, Catalina 22s, as well as a couple of PHRF classes. Should be fantastic. Saturday night, we'll have a catered barbecue, dining with brisket. Um, oh. A bar with locally brewed beer and plenty of Mount Gay Rum and other offerings. And a live band. We should go. Oh, a live band. Professional photography by already. regatta shoots, as well as drone photography. Wow. And spectator. But yeah, this is, it's just a give me. Too man. good to be true. Mike Khalil just using us as his free publicity. You're- yep. So strap on the chains, um, US <laughs> Adians. And uh, get on up there. Yeah, it sounds cool. US Adians. US Adians. Very good. Very good. Oh, laugh. All right. That's good. So uh, the regatta's coming up. Jack Lloyd, listener of the week, boys. Um, We've got a few. Yeah, a couple there. Uh, Alex Morton. He did a bit of sailing research for everyone. Uh, I'm just trying to find it. Uh, Here he is. Which I'm, I like this one because um, you might be interested research I did over the few months circulated the Victorian class associations and club and what small boats are sailing in Victoria. Started as a way to help juniors at Williamstown think about what boats they should be interested in moving into as they outgrow minnows and mirrors, what dinghies would be sensible for them to move into and what dinghies are actually sailed in Victoria. Um, most of our kids, the next step is saver, sabers, um, easy transition, sabers. So, but anyway, he's provided... Um, he's provided all this research with the the goal, I guess, of making the the pathway for kids more considered. Um, so the youngsters move through there, and they're looking at some of the cheaper boats, which I'm a big fan of. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big fan of bringing the the cost down and home build and that whole thing. You know, I want to mm-hmm. do the Barcarati single hander at some stage. I still the BK one. The BK one, yeah, that's definitely uh, something I really want to jump onto. But uh, yeah, yeah. So Alex, if anyone wants to see that, um, maybe just reach out to us and we'll we'll forward it on to you. But uh, yeah, thanks, Alex, for sending it's some uh, serious stats there. Very well presented as well in a form which is easily understandable. So. Um, good work, Alex. And I think, I mean, from my side, it's a lot of work's gone into this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the, whether he does or does not receive a merch pack, well, you know, for all his hard work, we'll you'll see. Have to, we'll have to do some research. Uh, <laughs> the other one's Randy McMeekin, which is a great name. Randy McMeekin. I think that might be my next stage name. I like that one a lot. Um <laughs> I heard you mention the RS Aero Worlds in episode 220. Uh, inspiring story here about resilience, tenacity that I hope we'll consider sharing with the listeners. One of the competitors was an American by the name of Mark Jacoby, who is a legend in the aero and laser fleet. From his website, he is the 2017-2018 RS Aero 9 world champion, placed fourth at the 2015 Laser Master World Champs and is one of the only two people in the United States to have qualified for and competed in the 96, 2000, 2004 and 2008 US Olympic trials. 
Um, totally dominating the aero fleet, aero fleet, but suddenly disappeared. Here's why. To correct, in September 21, to correct an irregular heartbeat, an AFib, he had arterial ablation surgery. Now, my wife's had three of those, so this is freaking me right out. That went horribly wrong, nearly killed, and uh, nearly killed him. He nearly died in October 21, while emergency uh, doctors tried to repair holes in the heart and esophagus caused by the initial botched procedure. He suffered a stroke and heart attack and was unable oh. to walk or use left arm um, for most of 22 and is recovering. He decided to enter the 23 Worlds and despite sailing with significant physical handicap much with, and not much training, finished amazing 10th place. Oh, um, oh. Wow. Yeah, so he's got um, a sailing blog, Mark Jacoby's sailing blog, if you want to look up. Oh, it's a pop-up that's blocked. I can't see it. Um, so, yeah, search Mark Jacoby sailing blog, M-A-R-C. But, yeah. You've got to uh, love our sport. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The diversity and what it offers different oh. people and what they take from it. Across the board. Fantastico. Across the board. Yeah, Just across right. uh, the board. Yeah. Gives everyone a chance, doesn't it, really? That whole ablation. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't – Jesus Christ, I didn't realise you could. there was so much risk associated with it. That's freaking me right out. But anyway, um, yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Right. Um, but, yeah, so uh, listeners of the week, Alex, uh, Randy's a good one to give us some updates on. Yeah, I think they all get a, get a, get a Guernsey. Yeah, all get a, all uh, get a gong. And um, just remember, use one of the 18 different um, ways you can get in contact with us. Please just or use cheers. at barkradi.com. <laughs> you just use one, just use the, because that way <laughs> we so go. hard. I just haven't got time for this, you know. It's hot time with bikes. It's hot time, by the way. We've moved on. My thumb hit Um, it accidentally, so I couldn't be stuff stopping it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, boys. Well, there's been something in our own backyard, gentlemen, um, and this specifically for the Aussie listeners, but Brisbane to Hamo race. Yeah. um, After possibly having the slowest race for the Noak Sydney Gold Coast, of all the boats going north, which was taken out by URM. Mm, They've yep. all had the fastest race continuing to go north up to Hamo. Smoke. And at time of recording, looks as though um, Alive takes the chocolates mm. Mm. at this point in time. Such, um, a, such a cool part of the world to do. I mean, even deliveries were exciting. It was mm. fun. Oh, imagine, you know, that whole thing about turning left or turning right out of Sydney Heads. Yeah. Turning right, you just get colder and colder. Here, you just get warmer and warmer. Warmer and warmer and warmer. Start and off in your wet wet rigs, finishing your speedos. Yep. Yeah. And, and, oh, we should do a Barcarati speedo. <laughs> <laughs> into the uh, trades as well. The trades have been honking up there. For, yeah, you get, for you get your hook into a nice southeasterly and, uh, yeah, you, you, you. Did you see them come past? Were you out on the ski, Jordan? Oh, uh, I, I, I did. Tips. Yeah, saw them all there. Any advice? Did they need any advice? No. Nah. I know, it's all good. Um, yeah, most of them gave me advice on how to cook a brisket. Yeah, they came past. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you're not offering a brisket. <laughs> Got any radix? That's it. You're out there with your radix, were you? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, hey, um, in the other world, complete opposite part of the world, in Newport, Rhode Island, um, some claim as the sailing capital of the United States of America, the uh, 12 metre worlds which we mentioned a little bit earlier. but Very cool. cool. Some classic stuff going on there. Um, And there's, well, go, I would suggest just Google it. Check out some of the photography. 
It's just be- some really good stuff going on. And um, so KA10 Challenge 12 took it out in the Division One Modern. US 16 Columbia took it out as uh, tr- in traditional. So congrats to all those teams competing up there. And um, I hope you go well now, boys. Hold on, hold on. Just a, a little bit oh. of, just a little quick one. Uh, on Yacht Hub yesterday, um, popped up. Um, <laughs> oh, careful. <laughs> Sorry, easy. <laughs> the algorithms haven't changed. <laughs> I didn't even click on that one. I've been looking here for ages. No wonder. <laughs> um, Australia, the old 12-metre Australia is uh, all listed for sale. America's Cup Challenger Australia oh. from 1977. Uh, 12- yes, I saw that for sale. Yeah, it's for auction. Auction. So if you're into into getting a 12 metre, there you go. It's- In, into getting a 12 metre and um, spending a lot of my money on maintenance and maintaining <laughs> and crew and yeah. getting it around the world to go to all the events. If you're interested in it's a bargain. A, yeah. If you're interested in purchasing a battery that floats, yeah. um, <laughs> aluminium yeah. beauty. Um, and, yeah, it's spelt... Y A C H T hub. Okay, just uh, yeah, just hubs <laughs> the common word, right? <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, go on, bud. Sorry. All right, heading across the Atlantic now. Cows Weeks just um just finished up. Um, yep. Check this. There's like fifty. I'm, I'm not sure how the prize giving goes at this bloody oh, it show. Must be a big show, a big show, because there's fifty different prizes to give out. Or sorry, for fifty different groups. Yeah. Yep. So by the time you do, you know, fourth in race six on performance handicap in group <laughs> D of the Cape 31s, you know, all that sort of stuff, it will be there all day. They had to have an extra day just for the prizes. But um, 50 groups, um, what I figured out, they essentially move, put you in a black group. So this is on top of what class you're in, a black group and a white group. Then you get um, average points or across the actual week to determine who the winner is out of the whole week. Because okay. who do you actually give the final Cows Week trophy to? Mm. Is it the Cape 31s? Is it mm. the J70s? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and going to a couple of the of our favourite classes, Cape 31s had 24 boats. We had a message from these guys during the week actually flying Jenny Took that yep. um, with a couple of mates on board. Tokolosh on second, Gilbert third. The J70s with 30 boats, which is obviously a, another very popular boat around the world. Sada, Nick's Wolf and Dads and Lads were um, took the podium there. Now, BP, a, to get, before you go on, yeah. I just got to shout oh. out shout out to uh, our good mate, Nick Bonner. Yes. He's, had a, he's had a win in IRC Class Zero on Dark and Stormy with his... Uh, with uh, Mr. Ian Atkins, they're stoked and over the moon. And our good mate, uh, Johnny Portman, is in that fleet. Oh, cool. Oh, the, uh, the yeah. port dog. The you, know, um, you know, there is talk that there's going to be a 51st uh, class next year. Have you guys heard this one? Um, uh, a category. fifty, The 51st category. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do, do tell. So what they're going to do is put together all the boats that have a tendency to nosedive under Spinnaker and call it the Barcarati class. Right. So, so that'll be the MC thirty eights then, right? Patron, patron Gordon Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> How good would that be? I'd love it if the organisers did sort of class all those boats that do tend to stick the nose down uh, and just 
put them all in just for that reason and call it, yeah, Baccarat is the obvious reason to call it. But anyway. Uh, and b- by the way, the Red Wing Enigma sailed by the Downer family, took it out. They won the cows. Oh, week. very cool. Red Wing, it's kind of like a glowed up mirror, basically. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's got red sails. <laughs> cool. What else? Um, what else have I got here, gents? Oh, the uh, Copa del Rey. I mean, talk of sailing in paradise. This is where it's at. Always a great regatta. So just a shout out to them. Not going to go through all the divisions, but um, you'll be pleased to know, Jordan, being mm. a man of consistency uh, in the ORC one fleet, mm. um, six races, winner, seven points. Mm. ORC two fleet, fleet, six races, winner, six points. Yep. So I did there's see some that. Uh, dominance going on there. Um, but also it's obviously one where the Club Swan 50s are, Club Swan 42s as well. So, um, and that starts getting... Hugely popular with the Swans older. Uh, starts getting mixed up around those those things. Um, and the last one mentioning, boys, is um, there's another... There's a crazy man out there. Crazy man. But <laughs> he's an Austrian fella, Norbert Sedlicek Kosh, who... Um, has an open 60, and he's going to be attempt to become the first sailor ever to sail around the world single-handed, non-stop, without assistance, through the all, all five oceans, and among those are the Arctic and Antarctic Ocean. So it's his fifth racer, well, fifth trip around the world. So he's packing up, and that takes in a whole bunch, uh, about 32,000 miles. So mm. not for the light-hearted, especially where he's going. Mm. So um, good luck to him. I'll be keeping a bit of an eye on that. So he's basically um, going to run north to south, back to north. North to south, back to back to front, right to left, west to east. Yep. So <laughs> um, Norbert. By himself in knots, best, basically. Best of luck, my friend. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck indeed. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That's all you got? Because uh, you missed two is... critical things. All right. Go on. Go on. First off, America's Cup Barcelona. There's some good yep. footage come out during the the week. Um, oh, I missed three critical things. Yeah, there's three so things. Yeah, let's but, talk about talk about this one first. I, I'm really worried about the cup in Barcelona. Um, I I think that the organisers have completely not considered something, and that is the spectators, the beautiful people are going to be puking their guts up sitting out in that water. Because <laughs> windy, it's rough. Uh, if you watch anything on video, it's a lot smoother than it, it is in real life. And uh, Barcelona, she's rough. It can it can get rough, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, mm. there's going to be a lot of beautiful people that are going to have to run. Look, we should set up a dry cleaning shop is what I'm thinking in Barcelona. <laughs> Karate Group. Barcarati dry cleaning. Barcarati dry cleaning, that's right. <laughs> we could also have some motion sickness tablets. At the, there, there oh, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Baccarati chemist. Because it's going to be... The chemist. (laughs) Right next to the bar. Uh, We uh, we could just nail this. Um, Anyway, so uh, for those planning on going, uh, you might want to get your sea legs on board because it is definitely rough. I've watched some of the footage. I'm guessing, Jordan, you're referring to the LEQ12 testing that they were doing, the INEOS, um, which, yeah. You've got boats flying around everywhere, trying to keep up, bouncing through waves, on and off waves. Um, not to mention, if you're just sitting there on the course, trying to observe, would be apps, yeah, a bit of heme. 
Mm. There was some great Same. footage. There was some great footage, wasn't there? Giles uh, um, had a men- mentioned it, but the footage is actually quite cool. Where you see him going, where they see them going up a wave, and just like a normal boat, it goes up a wave and keeps going. Obviously, so it's got momentum. You've got you've got that opposite sort of. It's not just flat water, yeah, cruising along on these foils. These foils, you know, they're going to come out of the water, and then then you've got all sorts going on. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. The cycle. Oh, Remember that whole discussion about cyclists going up each other's butts is going to be discovered. <laughs> Lucky they've got the single helmet between the four of them. It's going to keep them in spot. <laughs> that, our technique, yeah. <laughs> our single the helmet. helmet. No <laughs> yeah, that was a classic. That's a classic. That is. Uh, what What were the other two uh, you've got, boss? Just so you. Oh well, first of all, um, you'll be want to know, and this is probably the most important of the whole show is that the the rainbow that's being built. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. The the decks down and on. Mm. She's oh, looking a treat. And then of course southern, there's Southern's rig on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're listening out there, uh, just uh, feel free to give me. A yeah, call. We'll and then then of course. Um, I've got two more actually. One, but remind me this. This is a rumor, but not this one. And that is Sci-Fi. Yeah, our good mate Sci-Fi right, has taken out the Magnus Olsen. Um, what's the correct term? Magnus Jordan? Olsen Prize. Magnus Olsen Prize, which has gone to uh, various people in the past from from all over the the sport. As a matter of fact, um, including the likes of it. Like Grant Dalton, Ben Ainsley, and a whole bunch of others. So he, and it's basically for his essentially his service to yachting. Awesome. Yep. Could you explain well it that way? Yep. So it's six is six back to back ocean races, um, and the uh, he's the first navigator to win it. Um, and yeah, yeah. So just what he's done, it's. Uh, it's a big honour, and um, obviously the reverse curse just keeps on giving. I'm not sure how much more we can keep giving, but uh, very mm. happy for Sci-Fi mm. for the win there, you know, because he. Do we, do we have to put some reverse curse bylaws in just to sort of <laughs> keep control of this? Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise people are going to expect too much. Who knows which way it's going to go? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> cool. Yeah, no. Uh, very happy for Sci-Fi. Well done, Sci-Fi. Yeah, great man. Now, guys, this is, by all means, this has nothing to do with any curse or anything. Um, and I'm Jordan, I'm sure you're part of this um, as well on social media and you shouldn't believe anything you read on the socials. Um, but I did hear there's a bit of movement in the US LGP camp, potential Ooh, movement mm. for a new helm. Mm. Um, did we not say this just a week or two ago? <laughs> no, no, we did say it, but we didn't say who. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the word being thrown around is Taylor. Campbell. Oh, Taylor Canfield. Yeah. Mm. So I thought they might believe, go with some youth. Well, <laughs> who knows? Well, believe what you will. Yeah, no, no. But well, I'll tell you who Buddy Melger's for. He's mm. steering pretty well at the moment. Mm. And I mean, he's got the name, but he'll he'll be in the AC camp. I think he is in the AC team anyway. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he might be the one getting a call up. Is the honest? Uh, actually, we'll give him a call. Oh, yeah, um, it'd it'd be a good chat. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, no surprise at all. Hey, like in in the biggest of non surprises ever announced. <laughs> you well, know no, what? We, we'd spoken about, and we knew there'd be some pressures. Right. Mm. The trick now is, as CEO of the team, though. 
with Jimmy. How's all that work? Yeah, I'm intrigued with that too because that's exactly mm. right. Um, they'd have to buy him out maybe um, or whether, you know, who knows. But it, it, the fault yeah, the franchise here, works, exactly. Yeah, We have to admit that we're to blame. Because you know who we have not Jimmy. had on the show, Jimmy. Yeah, and so Fuck. there's no reverse. Well, curse. we're not for the want of trying. Oh, have we? I've never. Have you? Have you no, been we trying? reached out during the cup. Oh yeah, during the cup. But there was a media, um, the media. Band. What do you media call it? The media bubble. Yeah, a so. bar karate ban. <laughs> no bar. You can do anything you want, but don't go on bar karate, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh man, I thought of some questions. Oh, right. Okay, now you two, if you, I think at least one of you, but maybe two of you. Go are we it, are we doing a bit of role playing here for, no, no? for the first cup? So go and get the media parts right, and then I want Villa, yeah for the Villa question. Yeah. The first question, I want one of you to in the media when you're in the interview with the sailors. What I want somebody to do right is one of you two is just going to go oh, to whoever it is. Let's say it's Ben. Ben, can you just explain what happened today using your hands? <laughs> so just coming into with the top head. mark, coming into the top mark that first time. I'm just a bit lost. Could you just draw a picture of sort of you know using your hands? <laughs> I like it. I reckon. I mean, you know they all piss ah, themselves laughing. They all piss themselves laughing. They know exactly. And what then we can make a meme where he's, those sunglasses just drop on his face. <laughs> Cigarette pops out, and he's the coolest dude in town. <laughs> Oh dear. Very good lads. Uh, um anything else? No. Nah, all clear. All clear. All clear. Okay. Clear um, for launch. So BP, you are gone from tomorrow. So next I'm week. From tomorrow. Next I'll week be is coming to you live from uh, the well, continent. I don't know oh, where I'll the, be coming from. The motherland. From. Well the motherland. I, don't know. I might I might be down in Portugal. Mm. Mm. Okay. The Portugal uncle, uncle with some land. Portuguese. The dodgy uncle land. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, I don't know yeah, yet. Good. It's kind of a little bit up in the air. But anyway, either or the, I'll be, I'll be in the uh, in the, in the in the thick of the, uh, the sailing for the rest of the summer, their summer, oh. and uh, getting stuck into it, trying to get in the water as much as possible. Cool, cool, nice. cool. All right, alrighty. Thanks Righty. for listening, yeah. everyone. Well done. Have a great week. And remember, of course, if you do go to Radix, RadixNutrition.com. Um, .com.au. Just remember that um, use the tag Bar Karate, B-A-R-K-A-R-A-T-E, and you can get a 10% discount on going uh, for your Radix orders. So jump on board and uh, get balanced nutrition anywhere. Even in the most harshest conditions. <laughs>